Well, I'm really excited about kicking off this series uh, for the rest of 2017. We're going to look at what Jesus said about how to thrive in life. And something happened a few years ago that has really fueled my passion about this journey we're going to embark on together. One night, Barbara and I, after we had finished dinner, we went into our living room to watch uh, one of my favorite comedians, Jim Gaffigan, and he has a show called The Jim Gaffigan Show. And so anyway, we were watching the show for a while, and I decided I wanted to make a comment about it. And when I turned to Barbara to speak, I couldn't get the words out. I, I felt like someone with cerebral palsy, uh, you know, like I couldn't form the words with my mouth. And to be honest, it embarrassed me a little bit because I had a glass of red wine and I thought, dude, you can't even handle a glass of red wine? What's up with that? Well, anyway, I, I decided not to talk for a while. But two hours later, as my wife was getting ready for bed, I motioned for her to come back into the living room. And I tried to tell her that I was having a hard time speaking, but again, I could not get the words out. And her eyes got real big. And so she rushed me into the car, took me into the emergency room. And I won't go into all of the gory details. They checked me in with signs of a stroke. But, you know, they sucked 26 vials of blood out of me over the next few days. They stuck cameras in places where cameras ought not to go, if you know what I'm saying. But after all of that, they diagnosed me as having had a TIA, a mini-stroke. And they found a hole in my heart that likely caused it all. Needless to say, I was shocked. I mean, I've worked really hard in my life. You know, I stay in shape. I work out. I eat right. I do everything my doctor says. This thing just hit me out of the blue. To be honest, while I lay there in that uncomfortable hospital bed for four days, I started thinking about what really mattered in life about my relationship with God, my relationship with my wife and family, about my church, and about my calling. And about the latter two, my church and my calling, I got very clear about what I care about as your pastor. And this is what I care about. Helping people experience eternal life forever. And helping people experience an abundant life here and now. A life where people can thrive. And so let me ask you a question. Would you say that you are thriving in life? Or would you say that you're just merely surviving? Man, let's not settle for mere survival. Let's not settle for eking out in our relationships. Let's not settle for living paycheck to paycheck in a meaningless existence. Don't you want to thrive in life? Well, I'm asking you to join me on a journey. I'm asking you to invite family and friends. I'm asking you to dig in because we're going to go deep. Because for the rest of this year, we're going to study what Jesus said about how we can experience an abundant life, a life where we all can thrive. Now, this week I want to begin by distinguishing two different kinds of lives that Jesus offered. So let me explain what I mean by that. 
When Jesus taught publicly, he offered people two different kinds of life. He offered people eternal life, and he offered people an abundant life. But these are two different kinds of life, and it's important to notice the difference. So let me give you an example. In John 6, 40, Jesus said, My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So eternal life is about a life in the future. It's a life that will happen one day. It will take place later. But in John 10.10, Jesus talked about another kind of life. This is what he said. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So abundant life is about a quality of life we can experience here and now. And Jesus is the key to experiencing both kinds of life, eternal life and abundant life. But there are different paths to experiencing those two different kinds of lives. And so I want us to look at a conversation where Jesus revealed how to experience both kinds of life. Now, let me set up the scene for you. The, the, the scene took place in an area just outside the Jewish temple where people would gather to hear rabbis teach. And there Jesus talked with two distinct different groups. It was sort of like a politician speaking to a crowd where you have protesters, but then you have supporters. Okay, you got the picture? So, Jesus spoke to a group of religious leaders who were asking questions and were antagonizing him. So they're like the protesters. And so I'm going to ask this group, would you be the religious leaders, the antagonistic people, the protesters? Okay? Then there was another group Jesus was speaking to, which was the larger crowd who were all hungry and thirsty to hear his teachings about eternal life and abundant life. And so the rest of you can be the crowd. And so Jesus speaks to two different groups. Now, Jesus began by speaking to the religious leaders who were trying to antagonize him. And so his words were pretty sharp. This is John chapter 18, verse, seven, uh, eight, verse 17. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? You don't know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Now, Jesus' words were pretty sharp there, right? And the key that Jesus was surfacing was, who is my father? Because who Jesus' father is determines who Jesus is. And that's why the Christmas narratives about Jesus' birth are so important. Because if Jesus is Joseph's son, then Jesus is merely a man. But if Jesus is the son of almighty God, then Jesus is more than a man. So Jesus continued this focused conversation. He's not really speaking to the crowd. He's speaking to these religious leaders, and the crowd is listening in. This is verse 21. Once more Jesus said to them, <coughs> I am going away, and you will look for me, and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. Well, this made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? 
Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. So here Jesus said that people can die in sin. That means we can die with the guilt and the consequences that come with sin. Now, we all sin. All of us sin. But this is important. Jesus said that some people die in their sins and other people don't die in their sins. But if all of us don't die in our sins, then how does that take place? How can we sin but not die in our sin? Jesus said those who believe that he is he, Jesus said that those who believe that Jesus is he, they do not die in their sins, but they have eternal life. What did he mean by that? Jesus meant it's critical for us to believe he is more than a man. To experience eternal life, we must believe that Jesus is more than a great moral teacher, more than a powerful prophet, more than a mighty miracle worker. If God Almighty is Jesus' Father, then Jesus is the Son of God. And if God Almighty is Jesus' Father, then Jesus is He. Do you believe Jesus is He? Now, I really want us to get this, okay? So I want us to look at a few more places where Jesus tells people how to get eternal life. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3, 36. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the son will not see life for God's wrath remains on them. John 6, 40. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. John 6, 47. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. So how do we get eternal life? When we believe, specifically when we believe Jesus is he. Do you believe Jesus is he? Well, out of the crowd, so now Jesus has been having this conversation with these religious leaders and the crowd could hear it, right? So now out of the crowd, some of them believed. They believed what he was saying. And so now Jesus turns his attention from the religious leaders who were antagonizing him to the crowds, many of whom who had believed. This is John 8, verse 30. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Here Jesus is speaking to believers who now have eternal life about how they now can have an abundant life. And what did Jesus say was the key? He said the key was to hold on to his teachings. So what does that mean? I think it means, at first, you have to learn Jesus' teachings. I mean, you can't hold on to something you don't even know, right? And so the first part of holding on is you have to learn Jesus' teaching. And then the second part of holding on, I think, is you have to follow Jesus' teaching. That's what he means by holding on. You've got to learn his teachings and then follow his teachings. And according to Jesus, 
when we hold on to his teachings like that, we will know the truth, and the truth will make us free. And freedom is the abundant life. The abundant life is not about abundant wealth. The abundant life is not about the absence of pain or suffering. The abundant life is about the freedom to feel peace, even in suffering. The abundant life is about the freedom to feel joy, even in suffering. The abundant life is about the freedom to know you are loved no matter what you've done and the freedom to love others no matter what they have done. The abundant life is about the freedom to pursue purpose and meaning in life. The abundant life is about breaking free from the sins that sabotage our lives. And the way we experience this abundant life is by holding on to Jesus' teaching. And when we do that, we will thrive. So we experience eternal life when we believe. Believing Jesus is he. And then we experience an abundant life when we hold on to Jesus' teaching. When we hold on to his teaching. Now, this is what I'm asking of you. If you do believe, I'm asking you to hold on. And City Church has a strategy to help you hold on so you can experience an abundant life here and now. For the next four months, as I've said, in the weekend services, we will study the core of Jesus' teachings about how to experience an abundant life here and now. That's what we want to hold on to. And I believe this series will change your life. I believe this series will allow you to experience the abundant life. And so I'm asking you to get here. Because if you'll get here, you'll thrive here. The second part of our strategy involves something at City Church we call having God times because I think that's a part of how you hold on to Jesus' teachings. In God times, we set aside time regularly in solitude and in silence to read a portion of scripture, to meditate on the scripture, and then to pray. And so if you already have a God time routine that works for you, I just encourage you to be faithful to it. But if you've never really had a God time and are not sure what to do, I'm going to invite you to read through the Gospel of Matthew that really records Jesus' key teachings through the whole book about how to experience an abundant life. I'm going to read through it too, and I'm going to post like my blog uh, of my observations on our City Church Bandera Road Facebook page. And so if you would like to follow, you can go find our City Church Bandera Road Facebook page and click like. And also on that page... We're going to upload some uh, videos that will help you develop a God time if you're still not sure what to do and how to do it. Also, I'm going to uh, respond to any questions that you might have as you read through the book of Matthew. But whatever you do, okay, whatever you do, spend time with God learning Jesus' teachings. That's a key part of holding on. And then a third part of our strategy is to help you hold on in community. Jesus did not intend that we would embark on this spiritual journey alone. We need each other to thrive in life. And so on community night, we will hold on by digging deeper in community. And on community night, you have two options. <coughs> 
Pastor Lee Wong, he's one of our young theologians, and I've asked him to go deeper into the scripture passages we will look at each weekend. So he's going to take whatever we've studied that weekend, and on the midweek, on community night, he's going to go deeper in it. And then he's going to divide everybody up into little uh, groups where you can engage in the scriptures and have discussions and engage in questions. And so in this way, you'll get to know each other better, but you'll also get to know Jesus' teachings better. Now, this week, you're going to have a special treat if you show up on Tuesday night because my theological mentor, Dr. Dave Anderson, is coming to San Antonio to have a Q&A with you about the teachings of Jesus. And I think you're not going to want to miss that. A second option on community night, <coughs> we call Peel the Onion. One of our elders and pastors, Dr. Yolanda Lopez, leads this program. And it leads you, it helps you to go deeper into your own story. The Peel the Onion process helps you figure out what you need to let go of so you can hold on to Jesus' teachings. And this program, part of what we do is we help you unpack your story, the story of your past, because you not only need to apply Jesus' teachings to your present and your future, it's important to apply Jesus' teachings to your past. And this program will help you do this. Uh, I have been through this program myself five times. And I believe it will help you thrive in life. But thriving begins when we receive eternal life. And if you've never put your trust in who Jesus is and what he has done for you, that's what I'm asking you to do today. I'm asking you to believe. I'm asking you to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm asking you to believe that when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. I'm asking you to believe that Jesus rose from the dead so he can give us eternal life and an abundant life. City Church exists to provide a safe place where people can believe and thrive in Christ. And as your pastor, I'm committed to helping you experience both of those kinds of life, to experience eternal life forever and an abundant life here and now. And I wanted you to hear the story of one person who did come to believe Jesus is he. And I wanted you to hear how he changed her life. This is her story, and she has given me permission to share it with you. She writes, I was born and raised in San Antonio. My parents were very involved in the Catholic Church and dragged us kids there too. When I was 13, my dad had a massive stroke, became paralyzed, and had to retire early. My father got depressed angry and abusive, mostly verbal and emotional, but there was some hitting as well. He was straight up ticked off at the world. I started drinking when I was 13, and by 14, I started experimenting with drugs. I also started hanging around guys way older than me and was introduced to adult situations way too young. When I was 18, I broke up with a guy I had been dating and became overly emotional. During a time of isolation and self-loathing, I got <coughs> drunk, took a bunch of painkillers, intending to end my life. When I woke up the next morning, I remember feeling desperate, like not even God wanted me. 
I eventually quit doing drugs, but my drinking just spiraled out of control. If I was in a bar and drinking and was with someone, I was not alone. I used to see the city church sign when I went to O.P. Schnabel Park. I heard it was the church that rocks, and I thought, that would be pretty cool. I think I could go to a church that rocks. Well, about a month before my 41st birthday, I asked if I could attend with some friends who went there. Just a few weeks later on a Sunday, I went to church with a friend, saw a movie, went to a bar, and then drank until first call, or last call. On my way home, I got pulled over by SAPD for swerving out of my lane. I admitted to the officer that I had been drinking. He flashed a light in my eyes and then told me to go straight home. I cried all the way home and all the next day. I begged God to change my life. I asked him to take away the depression and anger and self-hatred. And I remember hearing him say, if you want me to change your life, you need to give me your life. Two weeks later, after a church service, I gave my life to him. And then a few months later, I got baptized. But I knew this was just the beginning of my journey. I knew I needed to do something about my struggles with alcohol and too many inappropriate relationships and my anger and my self-loathing. So I started the City Church Peel the Onion program. And something I can only describe as renewal and restoration took place. God gently peeled back the layers of my old self, my scarred self, my filthy self, my broken self, and began to fill my emptiness with his love and grace and mercy. But the best part is he has filled me with his peace. That woman is now one of the leaders in our Peel the Onion program. And her journey began when she believed Jesus is he, when she received eternal life. And then it continued when she began to learn how to hold on to Jesus' teachings and let his teachings shape her life. She's experiencing an abundant life. She is thriving in life. And I am so happy for her. But it all began when she came to Jesus just as she was. And that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to come to Jesus just as you are. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we come to you today as we are, with our weaknesses, with our challenges, with our failures, with our faults, with our joys, with the good stuff too. We come to you as we are. And in your presence we say we want you to give us eternal life and an abundant life. And we do believe you are the key. And so Lord Jesus, we come to you as we are. Oh Lord, that song reminds us of the radical nature of your grace, that you love us as we are. Before we get our act together, you love us, and that you offer us eternal life as we are through faith in your Son. And if you've never expressed your faith in Jesus, that he is the Son of God, 
I invite you to do that today with me. I'm going to lead you in a prayer that you can pray with me. I'll just lead you through it. You can pray silently or you can pray out loud. Are you ready? God, I believe in you. And I believe that you love me. And I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross to pay for my sins. And I believe he has risen from the dead and can give me eternal life. I ask you to give me eternal life because I believe. And Lord Jesus, I, I ask that you would bless those who have expressed their faith in you through that prayer. I pray that you would stretch out your hand over them and begin the healing process even now. Begin to release them from the burden of guilt. Begin to uh, give them a renewed vision for their life, a restored life, a life where they can thrive. And then, Lord, as they seek to learn your teachings and to follow your teachings, give them courage, give them faith, and allow them to thrive in life. In Jesus' name I ask, amen.